0: Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Swine Robotics, SwineWeb.com, and Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hoghearth.
1: Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, Jim Pillen is joining us to talk about the history and future of Pillin Family Farms and DNA genetics. Welcome, Jim.
2: Good morning, Matthew. Thank you. I look forward to our visit and appreciate you having me on.
1: Thank you for taking the time. Uh, excited to share your story and uh, really interested in how you got involved with the swine industry. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your background and the, I guess the initial beginnings of that story?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess um, I'm not sure how uh, how you say how you got involved. If uh, the, your first memory, one of your first memories is... Uh, uh, my dad teaching me uh, how to pull a baby pig and then also teaching me uh, how to uh, humanely euthanize uh, little runts and explained uh, these runts have to be taken care of now so mom doesn't get uptight and uh, stand up and lay down on good pigs. So, uh, you know, those that, that that happened when I was five years of age. So I've been in the pig industry uh Uh, My entire time and have seen, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm old enough that I can tell you every uh, aspect of how we've raised pigs from uh, in the trees, in pastures, in uh, wooden barns on clay floors to concrete. So uh, I think I have a pretty good idea of the best animal husbandry practices and uh, uh, what is what is best. Way to uh, feed and uh, create a feed the planet and uh, feed the world and uh, and uh, have a have a great great product for the consumer.
1: So, what was that story like initially? I mean, you started out at five years old with those first memories. I can relate in many ways, just riding in the in the feed bucket there, working my grandpa. But what what was it like at that time? How many sows? How many pigs? What what did a team look like?
2: Well, it was—it was, it was uh, yeah, it was—it was exclusively family. Uh, my dad worked uh, his—he, my dad worked very, very hard. And uh, as soon as uh, I'm the youngest of three boys, so it was, uh, as soon as we could carry a, a two-gallon bucket, uh, you know, we were—we were a part of the process. Uh, we, you know, I was youngest and the smallest, so a lot of times when sales were firm, well, you stay—you stay by there and see if you can help anything out. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of work. I mean, we back in the day, we uh, didn't even have uh, many augers. So lots of feed was scooped. Uh, everything was uh, everything was physical. And uh, probably the other thing that I think is important for people to remember about it uh, would be what we've done and how the industry has evolved to improve the conversion and use of corn and then the welfare of our animals, because the, the hard Hardcore reality is is that we had uh, sows uh, die in snowdrifts. We had sows die in mud holes uh, during the summertime. Think about it today. Our sows live in a 20-degree Fahrenheit variance 365 days a year. Uh, We uh, have a pretty good idea how to take care of our animals. I get a little uptight when the crazy radical lefts try to start telling us how we need to house and how we need to do things uh, differently. Reproductive systems, a luxury system for crying out loud. And she is producing more animals than ever before. I would say that's telling us we're doing a great job. So appreciating where we are today compared to where we were because uh, pigs are in hog heaven today. Uh, When I was a kid uh, being in mud holes and in snow banks and uh, trying to eat out of mud. uh, Yeah, that, that wasn't, that wasn't, terribly delightful
1: yeah no so when your family started to grow the business and bring people on board how big of a part of that process was finding the right people and creating a culture around that that was sustainable
2: yeah well obviously uh uh, i think i think uh uh, the pig business is uh uh, in my opinion more uh, dramatically important about culture and the great and great people and the right people uh, than maybe uh, maybe any other any other business that i've been affiliated with any other protein uh, because as i say uh, there's good news and bad news right the, the the porcine species the pig needs us more than any other species uh, uh, the the bovine can be a little bit more uh, adaptive and self- uh, and and uh, take care of itself a little bit more. Obviously, dairy cow needs to be milked now three times a day. But the pig needs us, and the pig uh, uh, the pig needs us to be able to assess, critically think, and make a lot of decisions throughout the course of the day. Dramatically different than uh, uh, than a lot of other than most any other production based industry. So, uh, what's really really it's 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 all about great people. It's all about the culture, doing the right thing, doing the best you can, doing what's right. And uh, that, that, that makes, a, makes a big difference. So uh, I guess uh, we've been blessed from the beginning of time as we evolved uh, and started growing our business in the uh, early 90s. That, uh, you know, it's, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. And that's been our focus from day one. So do you
1: have any formative stories from when things started to take off? What what was that? Was it the late 80s, the early 90s yeah. when GNA came in and and you started to add to your herds uh, and grow your team? Well, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I would say I would say for me a couple of things that uh, so uh, I'm a veterinarian by education and uh, uh, so uh, you know I got after uh, after coming back I Partnered with my dad, and we had 60 sows on dirt lots. And uh, then uh, in the uh, mid-'80s is when uh, a guy by the name of Hank Harris came up with this concept of isoene technologies. And so I was working for uh, producers, a producer that had started in it. And so I was uh, fortunate to be a, on the pioneering edge of the veterinary technology of actually implementing multi-site production uh, Before before anybody had done it, and so that was that was really really fascinating, and so uh, got to be on the ground floor of the pig production revolution, if you will. Because before that, um, you know, my dad uh, my dad in the uh, early '70s, mid '70s was part of a of a 440 sow co-op where you'd take pigs back to supplement our finish our finish barn that was a concrete. Cargill type unit. Uh, so, uh, being a part of the cutting edge of the isoine pig technology, and then starting to sell uh, wean pigs uh, as uh, as that changed, uh, that that was a watershed moment. It was a, a huge break uh, for me personally, and then evolved for our family.
1: Gotcha. So then you're you're. I'm assuming that led to a lot of growth in the '90s, and then you get into the early 2000s. Uh, what were some of the bigger challenges? That came with that growth.
2: Well, I think the I think the biggest challenge was to uh, um, start uh, start uh, helping people uh, recognize that there were tremendous careers and tremendous op- opportunities in pig production. Uh, you know, the bottom line is when we started uh, uh, when we started raising pigs uh, year round and building farms uh, where you feral pigs every day. There were a lot of mistakes made. There were a lot of mistakes in terms of how to ventilate. Uh, they weren't engineered correctly. Lagoon systems were poor. Uh, so there, there were Achilles heels and they weren't the greatest environments. And, uh, and a lot of people didn't understand how to, how to run a business for great people. So uh, uh, the biggest challenge was uh, in the early days was uh, attracting great people to see that there's great careers and great opportunities ahead uh, and uh, and and finding people, uh, uh, you know, we we believe you got to have a passion. You got to have you love what you do, and so taking time to find people who really really love working with the pig. Uh, if you don't, uh, it's the wrong industry for you to be in.
1: For sure, for sure, you really got to love the animals and empathize with the pigs, and and all of that goes into creating just an amazing experience for that animal as it's growing. And yeah, it's super important.
2: Yeah, because the bottom line, I think we don't talk about it enough, but it's really crystal clear. I mean, the uh, uh, the better, the more we love our work, the better we take care of our pigs, the better they feed, clothe, educate, help us raise our families, and create a great quality of life. And it, and it all goes and it all goes together. And every team member, every person, whatever their responsibility is, plays a vital role in that.
1: And I think one way to relate too is nobody would want a nurse that doesn't like people. <laughs> say that. Say
2: that one again. Nobody, nobody
1: would. would want a nurse that doesn't like people. No. No. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. It's it's exactly the same. Nobody. Nobody wants to be taking care of a nurse that doesn't uh, care about you. Greatly, and uh, that's the same thing we need uh, for our, for our pigs because our our pigs need us every day, seven days a week, even on Christmas morning. Uh, they don't care; they need us, and we need a team of people that understand how important every day is. Every day, every pig, every day matters.
1: So, what do you think it is that, or what strengths do you think lead to success, or what do you think it is that makes a pork producer a good pork producer?
2: Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, first, first off, you, you got to have a passion for this business, and you have to have a love, uh, a love for for the animals and the process of it. Um, and then, equally important, uh, you can have team members on your on your team, uh, but uh, every team member uh, they they got to care both directions. They got to care about the pig, and they got to care about their teammates, uh, and they got to care about who they work with because. Uh, because it, 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 you can't do it yourself. Nobody can do it yourself. You've got to be teamed up with another person, or three person people, or five people, or ten people. So it's a it's a very very uh, very very team oriented business. If and uh, uh, and you, you got to have a full team. If you got one rotten apple on the team, the team goes bad. So uh, it's really really important to have positive people that care about people and pigs. Essential.
1: So what is it about Nebraska that played such a big role in everything that went into your journey,
2: your community, the state? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Nebraska's, uh, Nebraska's uh, who, who I am. Uh, I, I lived, uh, I got my doctorate at Kansas state on a, a contractual agreement from Nebraska to Kansas. And so, uh, um, you know, um I had I had a couple dreams as a kid growing up. uh, When uh, from the time my dad taught me how to pull a pig, of uh, one one was to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be a veterinarian, and and back uh, back in the '60s and '70s, you know, I had a dream to be a husker and wear that in. And I got lucky to do both. And so, uh, you know, our, our, uh, our life and uh, Suzanne and I have raised our family and our grandbabies now and Sarah and Brock are running our business. And so every, everything our family has is because of Nebraska and the, and the great people of Nebraska. So uh, uh, Nebraska uh, has a, an extraordinary cross-section of people. And um, I think that uh, the thing that I ask people that have moved to Nebraska maybe best depicts this. Matthew would be uh, if you've lived here one year or 10 years or 13 years and you're in Nebraska now, what do you love the most about Nebraska? And absolutely 100% of the time, nobody even takes a breath and their answer is it's the people. Uh, the, the people in Nebraska are very special.
1: Is that just they're warm hearted, fun, loving, caring?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, uh, you know, as, as, as Nebraska got founded uh, when they crossed the, across the Missouri and worked their way west. The further west that you went from the Missouri, less rain. And so, uh, Nebraska was a really, really hard state and we have five agroecological zones in our state. So, and water complexity. So, uh, uh, settling and trying to make a living in agriculture during the agrarian society was very, very, very difficult. So, uh, why don't we just say the strong survived, And I think that made a big difference. There you go. So,
1: what made you want to run for governor?
2: You know, um, it's a great question, and I would say that uh, maybe uh, there's a multitude of factors—from a faith journey to a family journey and uh, an encouragement. I've been able to had the privilege to serve on our uh, University of Nebraska Board of Regents the last nine years. Uh, Have met a lot of people, and uh, over the course of time, and uh, I guess I would say there's a number of people that have thought I've done a a good job. And so I've had encouragement, but, you know, I think, I think uh, when you get down to the end of it, uh, there'd be a couple things that would come out. Uh, One would be that uh, uh, my parents taught us to be, they said, there's two kinds of people. There's givers and takers, Uh, be a giver. It's a lot richer life. Um, And I think uh, that, uh, I think that the other is, is that uh, all of us, uh, and in particular in the pig industry, Uh, You know, in the last 18 months, uh, we've been through unspeakable, unspeakable challenges. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I I would imagine I'm not the only uh, pork producer that uh, had emotional moments, let's say, uh, in in the past year, a year ago in April and May, when uh, when things were really, really, really bleak. So I guess I would say that uh, uh, being governor, of an agricultural state uh, is is uh, more significant now than ever in my lifetime. Uh, so I, uh, you look and you look around and who's capable and you basically uh, say, okay, it's, it's time to either uh, put up or shut up and uh, so our family has uh, decided we can make a difference. And that uh, now more than ever uh, having a strong voice uh, in the governor's office of the state of Nebraska is essential for agriculture. And I would tell you that uh, the metropolitan communities, counties uh, are recognizing as well that if agriculture goes well in Nebraska, the state of Nebraska is going to flourish. If it doesn't, uh, it's going to be a big struggle. So uh, the next 10 years are vital and uh, uh, we're excited about the opportunity to make an impact.
1: So so in this journey, if uh, if you could pick one thing, one thing that you would say would be your priority or uh, yeah your priority as a governor what steps or what would that be and I guess what steps would you
2: take to achieve that yeah well I don't think it's possible to just say one I would say uh, I'll narrow it I'll narrow it down to th- three uh, you know I'm running for governor because certainly uh, it's, we have lost our way in the taxation and it has to be uh, we are taxed too much as people and it, we are not competitive with our surrounding neighbors. Uh, we have to have a, a transformative tax policy change. Uh, we've been talking about it and talking about it. A little bit of progress has been made, but, but it has to get reformed. And uh, I'm a believer that it's got to be reformed by business people uh, that uh, understand agriculture. And it has to be competitive. Uh, number two, it's, it's, it's really, really important. I'm running for government because agriculture uh, has tremendous opportunities to grow and be strengthened. Uh, We all agree God doesn't create more acres of land, so we need to grow our economy and the only way I know how we can do that is grow up. Uh, I'm an advocate of not exporting corn and soybeans, that we continue to grow agricultural economy to use everything as close as home. We can compete with anybody in the world uh, and exporting our finished products is is the future and the key to uh, solving a lot of problems and growing our state. And then lastly uh, really, really important is, uh, we, we need, we, we do not I don't have a political bone in my body. Uh, we, we don't need a governor that's going to change with the wind. Uh, we need a governor that's going to stand up for our values and, uh, our, our way of life and, uh, and do it with convictions. And, uh, um, uh, because it, it's, it's really obvious uh, in, uh, in the United States uh, this last year, uh, states that have really, really strong conservative leadership, uh, uh, are, are doing really well. And uh, the, the future is really, really bright if we have leadership, not politicians in charge.
1: And you've definitely, I guess you've definitely shown over the past in your career that leadership is something that you have done well in your your teams, your company, your family. It's, it's just impressive. And it's a great opportunity to be able to talk with you today. I really thank you for joining the Popular Pig podcast. I guess my last question I'd like to ask would be as a give back to listeners. What's a golden nugget that you might have for them?
2: Yeah, that's a a really good question, Matthew. You know, uh, I think a golden nugget that I could give uh, would be that uh, to challenge every one of us to live every day, to do our best. Um, And uh, even sometimes when make decisions, focus on what's right. And even if you got to go out of your box and risk your job, uh, it's way better to live that way uh, than wake up with regrets. Uh, living with regrets uh, isn't very good, and uh, I'd, I'd say uh, uh, taking taking the risks so you don't wake up with regrets down the road um, is is uh, is a good is a good guidepost to live by.
1: Following those values. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been a real pleasure.
2: Thank you, Matthew. Enjoyed meeting you and appreciated the chance to visit with with you.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swinetech, the award winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.